0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: So Let's get it. That was a creepy-ass first my grader. First grade. <laughs> Shut up. Just read some things. Well, hey there.
2: Hello, is it me you're looking for? It was so good the first time, I just had to do it again. I really couldn't miss the opportunity to sing to you twice.
1: I appreciate that and still just wasn't prepared.
2: (laughs) Even though we just did it 10 seconds ago, it still caught me off guard.
1: (laughs) I know I already asked you this and we had to eliminate that recording because equipment troubles how are you?
2: My fault. I am well. I am well. How art thou?
1: As I was five seconds ago, I'm here.
2: Here. Pretty, present, and punctual.
1: Indeed. That sums it up.
2: That's about it. That's my life.
1: Wow, that was like the shortest how was your day I think we've ever done, so I'm kind of at, a
2: At a real loss? I get that.
1: Let me proceed with this. What are you drinking right now?
2: I found the most bestest beverage for this episode in my frigimitator. Are you ready for for it? Are you ready?
1: There was a lot of words there that I'm pretty sure you dr. Seuss, I am ready.
2: You know what? It's a long day. I probably shouldn't be drinking alcohol in my present state, and here we are. <laughs> so you let me frigimitator away. Also, we had tater tot bake for dinner, so, like, tater is very present in my brain.
1: (laughs) Well, now I'm creeped out by what this could possibly be.
2: Oh, no. Okay. It's from Noon Whistle Brewing Company, and the beer is Fuzzy Smack Berlin Weiss with Peach. Fuzzy Smack! Nice. (laughs) I think
1: I might have you beat, though, so I'm excited to tell you what mine Mm. is. Is there any sort of description on that?
2: Let us see. Let us see um there's not oh oh there is there is crisp and refreshing a gentle fuzzy rub before the smack of the bursting peach flavor and a fuzzy rub is exactly what it is it's very bubbly i like it it's delicious
1: i don't like the idea of a fuzzy beer
2: you know you probably had to be there
1: (laughs) this just reminds me of what was it belly buttons
2: Belly buttons for the win. I just don't like the word. What are you drinking, my sweetness?
1: So Nick actually picked this up, and he brought it home Tuesday because he wasn't sure if we were recording or not. I'm not sure if he knew what today's episode was about, but this is perfect. It's called Buzzballs.
2: Ooh! How are they?
1: It's really good. So it's a Buzzball chiller, and this is a strawberry Rita. And I just threw it on ice, and this thing has 15% alcohol. (laughs) So good luck to us all.
2: Here we fucking go. Scrappy Alley is coming out tonight.
1: It is really delicious. I could drink a lot of these. Probably not right now because I have a headache, but...
2: But under other circumstances. I have seen those before, and I have always been curious about them, but when I saw them in the store, one, I drank at the time, and two... I did not fuck with seltzer or anything of the sort. And I thought that's what they were. So I didn't get into them. But I am really appreciative that we're having this conversation about them because I think that their can is so cute.
1: It is. It's so adorable. I was like, you could do some potentially cute things with this. I don't know what they are. And then it's like, like you could cut a hole Christmas in it. Christmas ornament. A, yeah. It's like you could put a light in it for Christmas.
2: Yeah. Like a hillbilly Christmas tree. I mean, we're from Wisconsin. That probably is a real thing.
1: A hillbilly Christmas tree.
2: But people don't call it a hillbilly Christmas tree. They just call it a Christmas tree. But then, like, when other people see it, it's definitely a hillbilly Christmas tree. There are so many people right now who are nodding their heads going, yep, I know exactly what she's fucking talking about.
1: (laughs) That's like a Christmas tree made of empty PBR cans.
2: We had one of those one year. Salu. Wow, okay.
1: Well, as our listeners have no idea how either of these drinks relate to today's topic i would love to enlighten them
2: i'm so excited for some fucking enlightenment dear
1: listeners today's topic is body hair wait
2: welcome back i missed you so (laughs) wow i just
1: needed you to know that (laughs) your timing is impeccable Dear listeners, I'm not sure what in there is getting cut. In any case, today's episode is about body hair.
2: (laughs) I work here. It's fine. It's fine. Here we go. Enlighten me.
1: (laughs) So, the research for this was actually a lot more difficult than I anticipated it to be. However, there's a lot of history that I have. So, buckle in.
2: I did it. I did the buckle.
1: You did. Thank you for soundboarding.
2: You're very welcome. Fun fact, actually, if you haven't heard it yet, but I asked Paige to soundboard several times in our conservatorship episode. Hilarious. Just absolutely hilarious.
1: Aww. Okay, so this first part is from scienceabc.com, which sounds like a very official website.
2: The most official for first graders.
1: Hey, This research was legitimate, so apparently (laughs) I'm a first grader. So an exact timeline for when shaving begun can't really be nailed down. However, experts have found artifacts that suggest it's existed since at least 100,000 BC.
2: Holy shit.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
2: Oh my god, I was not prepared for that to be the answer. That's insane.
1: These artifacts show that cavemen would remove body hair by pulling them out one at a time or using rocks or shells to speed up the process by, like, using them as tweezers, essentially.
2: I loved your little pinchers that came in from the top of the fucking screen. I was like, what is she doing with her hand? And then all of a sudden there's pinchers.
1: (laughs) Around 70,000 years later early man noted that sharpened flint could be used for striking fire and carefully slicing hair off their bodies. I really hate the wording of slicing hair off their bodies. Just saying, I don't know why, creeps me out.
2: It's yucky. I don't like it either. And you know, as soon as you said slicing, because I knew the context of what you were talking about, I really did picture like the Gillette commercial that like, microscopically zooms in on the three hair follicles and the way that the razor like gently glides at the follicle and it just it was a moment that my brain did and I it made it worse so I had to tell you about it
1: see in my brain when I first read that automatically went to the movie cabin fever I'm not going to describe what happens but anybody who's seen it knows the exact scene I'm thinking of hard pass yes There isn't a huge indication as to why they did this, but speculation was it was because of fear of uncleanliness, as body hair can provide an ideal environment for lice-slash-fungal infection, and obviously, back then, cleanliness and manners of how to achieve it, there wasn't a lot of information, so higher rate of those things occurring.
2: Not only that, but also I recognize that if you were uneducated with cleanliness, I mean, Let's be honest, there was not a ton of education about cleanliness. But in situations like that, I recognize that exposing yourself unnecessarily to the risk of infection would be deemed suicidal, right? Mm -hmm. If you didn't have to shave your legs, why would you risk getting a cut on your leg that you could then get gangrene and die?
1: I think you misunderstand. Okay. So they cleared their body here because infection, like... Lice and fungal infection can breed in body hair.
2: Oh, I did misunderstand. Okay, so then my thought was too logical for that time period of life.
1: Yeah, a little bit too logical.
2: Sorry, 1700 BC. I don't don't remember what year we're in, but I'm sorry for all my logic.
1: This is around 30,000 BC.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry, 30,000 BC. Sorry, I fucked it up. Don't be mad.
1: So moving up the timeline a little bit, Egyptians had a strong belief that body hair equaled uncleanliness, so both men and women would engage in head-to-toe removal of hair.
2: Mm, Like brows and everything? Ooh, just little naked mole rats. I'm sure the aliens loved watching us do that shit.
1: Wow, that went completely different (laughs) direction than I ever expected it to. So this also included shaving their heads completely bald and then designing wigs to wear out in public.
2: Shout out to every woman who's ever worn a weave. Hey!
1: They actually had crude... I don't know how to say this word. I always say it wrong. Depilatory?
2: I don't know that word.
1: It's like nair.
2: Oh, fuck nair. But I still don't know that word. But you know what? I can smell the nair now. Since I said the word, all I can smell is that shit.
1: Oh, I said it right. Also, yes, I don't like the smell of Nair either.
2: Nair's fucking nasty. Where was I?
1: Oh, so they actually had crude depilatory creams and shaving lotions that used caustic ingredients like quicklime and arsenic to help with the process along with early rudimentary razors. So they had creams that would remove hair or like help make the hair less brittle. I don't know the word I'm looking for. And then they would come in with rudimentary razors, which essentially were just like blades.
2: Yeah, like shears that rub together across your skin. Have you ever actually seen like a really old school razor, like the kind that was the squeeze kind? Mm-hmm. They're so fucking cool. And I really appreciate like, first of all, I would never fucking use that shit. So I want to say that too. But to see them now and to see the honestly science that went into this mechanism that was used to do such a thing such a mundane thing that we just are like let me jump in the shower and do this in three minutes real quick is so cool to me
1: yeah it's crazy to see one that they could come up with something like that and two how it's evolved exactly yeah so the reason for the removal ties back into like a breeding ground for critters and such especially in a hot or humid weather Plus, an excess of body hair meant faster development of body odor, which was also attributed to uncleanliness.
2: I could not imagine being like Little House on the Prairie and just reeking of fucking pit sweat and sweat and shitty wool.
1: <laughs> Don't you be dissing little Laura Ingle Wilder? I love Little House on the Prairie.
2: I'm not dissing anybody. I'm just saying they all fucking stank and you know it. I
1: wasn't there.
2: You know it. We will fight about this. My people will call your people.
1: Noted. (laughs) Due to these standards, shaving became associated with class and status to a degree. Not being shaved meant you couldn't afford to visit a barber every day or perhaps you didn't care about your appearance. This eventually bled over to influence the Greeks and Romans around the 4th century B.C., Alexander the Great was big on shaving every day, also noting that less hair meant less for the enemy to grab onto.
2: War tactic. I'm here yep. for it.
1: Quote, for the next thousand years, shaving spreads throughout Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. Some cultures keep a clean but impressive beard while shaving off all other hair on their bodies, while other cultures keep their face and head meticulously smooth but object to removing body hair in other areas. In various countries, at various times, there are waves of popularity behind shaving, sometimes in line with a cultural movement or a particular fashion trend. End quote.
2: I think that's really interesting that hair is so synonymous with fashion, and that's just not really ever how we look at it, but that's absolutely fucking real.
1: Yep, 100%. This isn't really body hair, but thinking back to like the 90s straight hair was yeah all the rage. And, yeah.
2: Yeah. I also think it's really interesting that the fashion aspect of hair, since that's what we're talking about right now, also applies to facial hair and, honestly, body hair in general for people, whether Mm -hmm. that be man or woman, and that those trends can change. Like, I'm sure we're going to get into all of it, and I'm really excited about it. But that's really interesting, and I've never really given that thought that there's a fashion sense to the way... You landscape your body. Like, I think that's a really cool way to look at it, honestly. Yeah.
1: So you are right. I do break it down a bit later on, and th- that actually ties into this next part. So I kind of sectioned off a part for women and men because okay. it's really two totally different but also intertwined things. So this first part is, so what about women? So this is from Bustle.com in an interview Bustle! with- in an interview with Rebecca M. Herzig, author of Plucked, A History of Hair Removal.
2: Plucked. Get plucked.
1: King Camp Gillette, which sounds like a and d name for sure.
2: <laughs> Definitely.
1: Is to thank for the lady razor. Prior to 1915, body hair in a woman was a non-issue as the Victorian styles basically covered any hairy part of the body. Gillette, however realized that he could double his profits by expanding his space to include women, and this was right around the time that clothing styles were changing. Women were beginning to ditch the heavy dresses and petticoats for something a little more hemline-raising and sleeveless. Hence, more skin, and therefore hair, was revealed and in swooped Gillette. In 1915, he created the Milady D'Ecole razor, and in order to advertise it, he pitched it as an accessory that was as necessary of a buy with the new modern dress as a pair of gloves or hat would be.
2: Brilliant marketing. That pisses me the fuck off, but brilliant fucking marketing.
1: Here comes a quote that is going to go on forever, so I couldn't have said this any better than the article, so gigantic quote from the Bustle article.
2: Bustle! Pulling through, baby! Small
1: and curved to better fit the armpit, the razor was designed to supplement the sleeveless and sheer-sleeved fashions of the period, Herzig confirms. To convince women that buying a razor came part and parcel with buying the latest fashion, catalogs began to cleverly market the two products together. For example, anti-underarm hair ads were appearing in Macau's magazine by 1917 and women's razors and depilatories showed up in the Sears robot catalog in 1922, the same year that the company began offering dresses with sheer sleeves. Anita Renfro, author of Don't Say I Didn't Warn You, explained in her book. That was so eye-opening to me because yes, advertising is sneaky and like there's a million different things we can look into there, but the fact that in the same year that Sears started offering dresses with sheer sleeves, The razor and depilatories showed up as, we also need these ladies.
2: I really recognize that to be true. And to your point on, yes, marketing is sneaky. What really I recognize about it more than anything is that the marketing is always so hindsight, right? It makes perfect fucking sense to us right now. But I guarantee you in 1917 and 1920, people weren't like, oh, yeah, the sheer sleeves and the razors because obviously, I don't want armpit hair in my sheer sleeve dress. That's not a conscious thought until the two thoughts are put out in front of you. And then you're like, oh, yeah, why would I want armpit hair? Totally. Let's get that fucking razor. And I need it because it's an accessory. I just really recognize that the marketing industry as a whole, but even historically, the way that those connections come together is really actually a little scary sometimes to think about are we making these decisions? Are we do or are, are we having original ideas or not? You know what I'm saying? That's really my thing is my question, original ideas.
1: In instances like this, yeah, we definitely were it was an yeah. unconscious thought and this was targeted towards your subconscious. So like it was just yeah. a planted idea.
2: And that's exactly what I'm getting at. So thank you for saving me because that's really what I was trying to get to. And I wasn't trying to sound like tinfoil hat or anything like that. I really was trying to get to exactly that, the difference of conscious marketing versus subliminal marketing, and that we don't recognize that it's happening until after the marketing has been executed. And we either see it in research historically like this, or we even see it in our own lives. like you. Get a car for X, and then you're like seeing different marketing, and you're like, oh shit, I totally didn't even know that because the marketing makes sense now that I have the purchase that I have.
1: Mm -hmm. The first advert that ran for the women's razor was a one inch square in Harper's Bazaar, and with that small bit of ad real estate, new rules for femininity were drafted. Shaving wasn't going to be a passing trend, but a new part of what it meant to be a proper woman in polite society.
2: You know what I think is really interesting about that? I actually had that philosophy my entire fucking life. Like, I personally prefer to be silky smooth. Like, I, I don't like fucking body hair on my body. I don't like being prickly. So that's me. That's my thing. It's a texture thing. But I also was very much raised under that exact impression. So I really actually appreciate that validation.
1: See, and that was a question I had for you later. So we'll side tangent it right now sure i was wondering do you prefer to be shaved because that was how you were raised is it something that would have naturally come to you appreciating the feeling of smooth skin or you know what i mean for me i honestly couldn't tell you one way or the other
2: i know for a fact that i would have wanted to regardless and let me tell you why i'm italian hello everybody out there tan white girl checking in my hair is dark as fuck and it's thick and it's, I mean, it's thick. Okay. So even if I go a day without shaving, like one day, or I shave in the morning and then I get goosebumps at some point in the afternoon, by the evening, I basically have a whole forest of leg like, hair again. So that's a lie. That's just what it feels like. Cause I really hate, I really fucking hate, I hate hair. I hate, the texture of it. I really just don't. I love hair on my head and I love hair on other people but on my body specifically I don't like it. I do remember that my body hair has always been a thing that people have loved to make comments about because I don't I don't know why but ever since I was a kid and it's always bothered me. I actually asked to start shaving when I was 10 years old and that's why. Because I wanted I wanted the hair off of my body because I didn't want it to be a subject anymore.
1: And it's interesting to me because like my upper leg hair is basically non-visible.
2: Yeah, and it feels like nothing. Your leg mm-hmm. feels like there's no hair there, even if you didn't shave for like a week.
1: But that's not how my lower leg feels, and that's what I shave all the time.
2: <laughs> I would like to quote Linda Belcher and say, only hookers shave above the knee. That's a lie, though. I always shave above the knee, but... <laughs> I love that quote.
1: I do as well when I'm not lazy and or have time.
2: I just have to do it. I just really do like a full, full swipe all the way up. I can't help it. Like, I just don't like it. Also, honestly, the shower is such an important place for me to be. I love being in the shower. So if I can find an excuse to be in the shower longer, I'll do that.
1: Nice. I think my problem is like if... We sectioned my body into real estate. 75% is legs, so... (laughs) I get fucking lazy halfway through that shit.
2: The front yard gets done. The backyard can wait for the weekend. Exactly. (laughs) That was a really good analogy joke and comment in response. A trifecta.
1: So after all, the goals of advertisers and magazine editors wasn't to meet women's needs. It was to create new ones. That was the only way to keep products moving off of shelves. And with more problems women had to worry about, the more magazine issues an editor was able to sell.
2: That's fucking disgusting. Let's create more problems for women because they don't have enough problems as it is. Corporate. Three cheers to capitalism. Just kidding. Don't ever cheers to capitalism.
1: The key in making women buy the product was to make shaving a new but unmistakable part of womanhood. Gillette knew that, and so he and his publishers used polarizing words in their ads, drawing a hard line between what it meant to be a man and a woman. As the first company to introduce the concept of shaving to women, Gillette was cautious to not be too modern. In their early advertisements for women, Gillette did not use the word shaving, but the word smoothing instead. Shaving was an activity men engaged in. Smoothing was more feminine. Kristen Hansen, a graduate of Women's Liberal Arts School, Barnard College, explained in her senior thesis, Very few Gillette ads for women used words like shave or razor or blade at all. The cultural association between men and blades was so deep and so old that they had to worry about making their products seem feminine enough, Herzig confirms.
2: I made an angry face the whole time you were saying those words.
1: That was extremely fascinating to me, though, that really, like, trigger words back then Yeah, had to be avoided to sell this product.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why I'm making a mad face, because I feel duped. <laughs> like, because as you were saying the words, as you were like, smoothing is more feminine, I was like, shit, it is, though. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be it's just a verb it's just it's just it's not even a verb i mean it is in this context shaving but it it's an adjective like it shouldn't have a feminine or masculine connotation at all but even as you said the words i was like no smoothing definitely has a more feminine plot twist to it and then i i really was like yeah i would probably buy something that said smoothing and then i was like shit you're their target market bitch (laughs) and then i was mad about it
1: (laughs) Welcome to the psychology of advertising.
2: I have nothing productive to say about the psychology of advertising because my brain isn't interested in it right now. (laughs) I'm mad about
1: smoothing. Companies also picked out language carefully, creating a story where body hair had negative connotations and would dock points from a woman's scorecard. For example... I'm sorry,
2: what's a scorecard? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what's a scorecard?
1: Apparently women had scorecards. I don't know. Hopefully this next point will clarify for you. Okay. For example, X-Basin, a shaving powder brand, shared that their product was used by women of refinement for generations to remove objectionable hair. Gillette labeled body hair an embarrassing personal problem and smooth underarms a feature of good dressing and good grooming, while another ad claimed you'd be unloved and embarrassed if you had ugly, noticeable, and unwanted hair. If you shaved, you were dainty, attractive, and stylish. If you didn't, you risked being pegged as the opposite.
2: And then this went on a scorecard?
1: It was like a societal scorecard. It's not real.
2: It's not
1: real. I don't know if you're like imagining a a board somewhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, i Okay, I just... My little feminist self just hates all the things that are being said to me.
1: The ads also made sure to make it sound like all the refined and fashionable women were already doing it, or even better, requesting it, making the woman at home feel like she had to keep up with the plastics.
2: That's some shit. I hate that news.
1: For example, this Gillette ad reads that the razor was finally created after, quote, numerous requests from the leading summer and winter resorts and all the metropolitan fashion centers. Yeah, all
2: the winter resorts were asking for less fucking body hair because less body hair keeps us fucking warm, Neanderthals.
1: It hinted that the most stylish of women were already shaving and if you wanted to join their ranks, all you had to do was pick up a kit. Buying a razor wasn't just buying a product. It was buying a social distinction. A hairless woman was a superior woman.
2: Oh, I actually got a little nauseous at hearing all of all of that. Not because you said it, but the words existed in time, and they made me sick.
1: Yeah, and that was the end of that whole huge quote, by the way.
2: Oh, thank God. I'm so glad we're done. I really appreciate you sharing it, but also that thing was fucking not good. (laughs) I did not like most of the words said in that article.
1: So keep in mind, that was all to attack just armpit hair. Oh! There was still the retail of legs to be had. The more hair you had to shave, the faster you dull your razor and would have to buy another one. So July came up with some new stuff.
2: Of course did.
1: His place didn't really work, though, as part of the fashion trend in the 1920s with stockings. They were a quick and hassle-free solution for leg hair, especially when shaving was messy and required upkeep.
2: Okay, that's real. Dear everyone, if you are ever in a pinch and you do not have the time or opportunity to shave your legs... Throw on some fucking tights, I promise. It's like you have shaved every day of your life. It's great. It only works for a couple of days, so like really, like if you're going to do it, pace yourself, but that's only if you care. If you don't care, more fucking power to you.
1: The indifference towards leg hair began to change in the 40s, however, due to World War II. The men fighting overseas were keen on taping pictures of pinups in their bunkers. One pinup icon in particular, Betty Grable, set the stage for Smooth Legs. One photo of her sold over 5 million pictures, and in it, she was sporting a one-piece and high heels with a killer smile and, quote, million-dollar legs that went on for miles.
2: Was it a picture of you?
1: Hey, thanks. No, it wasn't.
2: Oh, you're so welcome. You could have been Betty Gable in another life. You don't know. Come on, camera. Oh, she's cute. Isn't that one piece so adorable? It's so fucking adorable, and I loved her hair. Like, I would never wear my hair like that, but it was really fucking cute on her.
1: Agreed. And yeah, I I don't have patience for anything like that.
2: <laughs> I don't even fully shave my legs, she says.
1: <laughs> exactly. With that one image, the idea of objectionable hair was expanded. Women wanted to emulate sex appeal, and pinup girls in short skirts and playful bathing suits with smooth legs was it. Advertisers had their way in. Quote, but sensuality wasn't the only reason smooth shaved pin ups inspired women to pay attention to their legs. It was also a way to show their patriotism. Inner quote. What may have put the issue over the top was the famous WW2 pin up of Betty Grable displaying her legendary and hairless legs. Shaving one's legs became an act of pure patriotism, Renfro explained. Sans inner quote. Much like with makeup and red lipstick at the time, being beautiful was seen as a duty to the country to boost both the morale of the nation and the soldiers missing home. Makeup ads ran copy like, quote, keep up morale for national defense, end quote, underneath their lipstick ads and shaming was seen as the same civic duty.
2: That is actually absolutely fucking mind-blowing. I have so many real thoughts about that, and I honestly can't even get into them in this episode because I need time to sit with them. But I am so appalled and yet absolutely not surprised by a single fucking thing you just said. Like, literally, the concept of telling women the price that they have to pay for their country because they cannot serve is to be beautiful. Dear women, you do not have to pay rent to exist beautifully in this fucking society. You are beautiful the way you are. I just need to say that, too.
1: Yeah, it was essentially marketed as this is the role you play in this fight.
2: Right, which is, I mean, just so fucked up and so objectifying and so dehumanizing. And I'm not even saying that men have it better because they were... Drafted and like war is fucking terrible. And thank you to every man and future state women who have served this country. Like, thank you to all veterans, always everywhere. We always say that, but I really do think that that's fucked up. Like, dear women, your men have all left the country to go fight this terrible fucking fight, but you make sure that you're fucking beautiful in case he randomly waltzes through the door in the next minute what? Their husbands were gone for years.
1: Yeah, both sides sucked.
2: And then I also recognize, I need to say this, as an ex-army girlfriend, okay? I need to say this. If I put myself in that mentality of, I, I have a partner who's in the army at that time in civilization, I recognize, again, I'm putting current day Celeste with my brain in that time. Probably less opinionated because I probably would have been burned at the stake, but Role play with me here. I recognize that if I had spent time the way that I, Celeste, currently spent time making myself beautiful just because, but my partner was gone, that would make me feel terrible all the time. I looked so good and I felt so, at, again, I'm really thinking about it from this perspective of that time in history because women loving themselves wasn't encouraged. We all know that. I recognize you're sitting there, you're all dolled up, you've got nowhere to go, and you also have no one to go see or be dolled up for because your partner is gone, but you owe it to the country to be beautiful. That's Mm -hmm. fucked up. Yep. Like I
1: said, everyone sucks here. (laughs) America. So this next part I knew, um, but I didn't know if you knew. So still a quote. In addition to that, women no longer had the option of hiding their peach fuzz behind stockings thanks to rations. Nylon and silk were needed to create parachutes and war uniforms. So women had to resort to wearing liquid stockings, aka pantyhose, that were thick, tinted lotions designed to create the illusion of fabric for women reluctant to appear bare-legged. So they would paint their legs with, really, lotions to make it look like they were wearing stockings, including drawing the line, drawing like a stocking line up the back of their leg.
2: So I picture like intense tanning lotion on your legs and then like eyeliner down the fucking side
1: yep that's exactly oh my god it was typically up the middle like up the back and then they would even do the hem up top
2: that's commitment
1: the artistry was amazing
2: i believe you and i bet that they were stunning i bet that at the time they looked very real given the comparable items that they were working toward I believe that, okay? But also, never in my fucking life.
1: So here's the kicker. The thing was, though, the leg paint worked only if you had smooth legs.
2: Shut up!
1: According to a women's magazine at the time, the best liquid stockings available will deceive no one unless the legs are smooth and free of hair or stubble.
2: What's the point of it, then?
1: Leg makeup will mat or cake on the hairs and make detours around the stubble and give a streaky appearance, Herzog shares. Uh, Yeah.
2: What is the point, then?
1: Some women just weren't comfortable with having bare legs.
2: That... Okay, that part I get. Okay? That part I get. But come on. You still had fucking bare legs. You had... You had paint. You had literal paint. You had nothing. You had nothing on your legs. You guys, come on!
1: After a while, though, more and more women decided that shaving and leaving their legs bare was simpler and far cheaper than bothering with any lotions or messy powders. This continued well into the post-war years, into a time where nylons were available again in department stores and drugstore aisles. The women who adopted the habit in their teens and 20s passed it on to their daughters, and according to Herzig, by 1964, surveys indicated that 98% of all American women aged 15 to 44 were routinely shaving their legs, end quote.
2: 98% of women. That's basically all of us, just in case anybody has a hard time with math.
1: Yeah, 98% doesn't really clarify. <laughs> as we shed or got smaller layers, the more body hair had to go, like bikini lines. And as they say, the rest is history.
2: Downstairs hair is the number one fucking irritant of my life. i That's the part of my body that I can't stand not being silky smooth. I just can't I just don't like it. I hate it.
1: You're very angry at your body hair.
2: You know why it is? Let me tell you. Let let's just have a moment. Let's let's let me educate you on why I hate my body hair. One, Jeff Kant, that motherfucker, he used to bully me about my body hair, so fuck him. And two Fuck you Jeff. Fuck you, Jeff Kant. That's the first time I've ever thrown out anybody's last name on this show, but everybody should know it was him. He also was like my fourth grade boyfriend and maybe broke my nose, but irrelevant. Um, and then also, (laughs) also, uh, my biological father is basically a woolly mammoth as well as his mother. Okay. So I have seen a woman woolly mammoth as well in my life. And, um, I think growing up seeing all of their body hair because they really just liked to be their woolly mammoth selves everywhere in public hair everywhere all the time. And, uh, I did not like it. And I really think I associated the idea of Jeff can't bullying me and looking like my biological father into, like, one thought. And if I don't shave, that's what I feel like I look like. And I just can't do it. (laughs) Wow. Trauma.
1: (laughs) So I looked into a, a bunch of different studies to see, like, body hair acceptance for women nowadays. And really, the overall consensus is it's still very taboo. Men and women equally don't like body hair on women, so... On women? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay, is it time to talk about on the men? Because now I'm curious just by the way you said that.
1: Not quite yet. Okay, I'll wait. Those studies were primarily from the U.S., so I was curious as to what other cultures were like. And really, here's where I also say most other cultures also don't prefer (laughs) body hair on women.
2: On women, specifically.
1: So, there are a few, though, that don't care. There are more than what I'm about to say here, but I couldn't find, like, clear lines, so I just stuck with these two. (laughs) Okay. Chinese notions of beauty differ vastly from the American ones. Chinese tradition had no demands in this respect, the Telegraph reports. Armpit or leg hair was just a part of your body and nothing to be ashamed about. Body hair is considered completely natural, and as a result, hair removal methods such as waxing and laser hair removal aren't very popular there. Interesting. Then the other one is Gahana, where younger women influenced by Western culture may wax, shave, or pluck, but more traditional, older generations of Gahanian women wear their body hair with pride. It is not uncommon to see leg and even chest hair in Gahana, but underarm hair is where they draw the line. Even men shave their underarms as it's considered unhygienic.
2: That is actually a thing that I really think about all the time when I see dudes with armpit hair, especially when they, being dudes who 10 out of 10 have fucking armpit hair, are the ones who are saying, ew, girls with armpit hair. Bro, you're literally a hypocrite. You have armpit hair. I, I have never understood the difference of why men aren't encouraged to not have underarm hair, but also, I mean, now, thanks to your research, I get the women's side, but I've never understood why that's not a two-way street.
1: It's actually becoming more of a two-way street.
2: I appreciate that news.
1: Here's the segue to my next section, which is expectations of men.
2: Ba-ba-da-bum.
1: So there's a weird duality with men that I feel like should be studied more. For instance, one rite of passage for a boy is their first shave. Like, it's a huge thing in a young boy's life to have that first shave.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I actually recently heard a joke that somebody made about another man who experienced something really, really exciting that he was really proud of. And the other person said, kind of like getting your first pube, isn't it? And the response was, yeah and i just really recognize as a woman that's never been something that
1: i recognize yeah. but as
2: a man i know that is like big fucking shit
1: there's a whole south park episode like uh designated to the boys trying to get their first pubes and like taking other boys like beard hair and taping it to their <laughs> genitals to try to simulate their first pubes to like who got mature faster. It's yeah. a terrible episode. It's a great episode. It's a terrible episode.
2: I love South I, Park. I'm I'm gonna go with terrible because I hate South Park and this is why we're different.
1: <laughs> Quote Earl Hip journeyed to manhood. Males of all ages are naturally hardwired for the interaction of shaving. The young guys hunger for it. Older men, whether they realize it or not in these critical crossover moments, can offer young males popular and transformational blessings. A little instruction doesn't hurt either. It's really high-quality man-making action.
2: Growing pubic hair is high-quality man-making action?
1: Shaving their facial hair.
2: I was still stuck on the pubes, so thank you for redirecting me.
1: Not a problem. We bounced around a little bit. We did. There was a study for men in 2014 published in the journal Body Image by Lafayette College in which they pulled 84 men and 154 women from an undergraduate university in the U.S. They had a few hypotheses that they were testing. The first one being, which body did the men and women rate as most attractive? So they showed them a variety of images of men. I believe there was no face. They didn't like show their faces. And the images were black and white to take away, like, any, um, like, racial indications. Sure. So, which body did the men and women rate as most attractive? The hairless or nearly hairless body? This was true of both men and women. 74% of men chose the completely hairless body or nearly hairless body. 81.3% of women chose the completely hairless body or the nearly hairless body
2: for both genders
1: just men this is only about Oh, okay men. you're right the more hair the body had the less women and men found it attractive i thought that was insane because i i don't know i just was mind blown by it probably because my preferences are towards body hair so this is really like weird to me
2: I don't disagree with you, and okay, so here's my little hypocritical self. My preference also is for body hair on my partner, like especially my male partners. My female partners, do whatever the fuck you want, like get it, boo-boo. But Mm -hmm. my male partners specifically, like I am such a sucker for like a hairy chest and some fucking beard to pull on. Like, yes, that's that's my favorite. So I really also think that that's interesting data to support not my preference.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was really mind blown by it. And then on the flip side, there was a HuffPost article about the ideal man across the world in which they took an image of a man, just like a, a typical looking dude, and gave it to a bunch of um, photo manipulators and said, what's the ideal man in your country look like? like? Manipulate this model and show us. And that model In a lot of the images, chest hair was added to him as opposed to, like, taken away.
2: That's so interesting. That chest hair is, like, associated to masculinity, but on women, the lack of presence of hair is what's related to femininity.
1: But I also find it interesting that there's this weird duality where apparently more people find Less hairy men, more attractive, but then the ideal man has more chest hair in a lot of places around the world, so I don't even know how to navigate those waters.
2: I'm just going to say it the way that my brain processed it, given what you said, because it was really helpful for my brain. The common preference is less hair, but the definition of masculinity as we have associated it to hair equals more hair.
1: Yeah, that could be it. But then I think of Hollywood nowadays and how a lot of, like, the ideal male using Chris Evans as an example. Or Chris Evans, who's
2: Captain like America? like your favorite person. He's your favorite person. It is Chris Evans because he's your favorite person to use.
1: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he is, like, hairless, I believe, and a lot of, like, this is what you should look like. Not that he's trying to emulate that, but when he's used as an example for men to emulate. I don't think there's a whole lot of hair on his body.
2: Uh, I've seen him in, with a beard in one movie in Knives Out, and it actually threw me off the entire time. He had a beard, and I couldn't deal with it.
1: And, like, Captain America doesn't. Definitely well, doesn't. For most of them.
2: Uh, yeah, I think he has one beard for, like, five seconds. but And that's not me saying that I don't love beards. I love beards. Mm-hmm. I just don't love them on him so I would agree. I think he's mostly hairless.
1: So tying into the beard motif as well, I think it's interesting that in certain professions still, clean shaven is seen as more respectable than having a beard is. Like, that's so weird to me how, I mean, yeah, we feel it on the female side, obviously, but to like have it spelled out too on the male side is super interesting.
2: You know what I recognize about that, though? I I need to say this because I don't feel like enough women say this. Enough people, honestly, men or women, anybody needs to fucking say this. I think that one of the reasons that I can't even say as far as clean shaven, right? That's not even what I'm talking about. But I really recognize one of the reasons that there are valid expectations about facial hair, especially in a professional environment, is because some bros have no fucking idea of what it means to maintain a clean facial hair. Like they don't know what it means to keep their beard clean. They don't wash their face. They don't keep their beard healthy. Like they just let it fucking go like a fucking wild man, which more power to you. But I understand if I were in a customer service environment and I needed to go ask you for your help and I see that you've got a fucking woodpecker in your beard, I'm not talking to you you're not the guy i'm gonna get help from that's real
1: yeah i get what you're saying i'd probably be talking to woodpecker guy because he's a fucking bird in his beard hell yeah man
2: you would be absolutely talking to the woodpecker guy because there's a bird in his beard and i'd be like um excuse me when was the last time you washed that i can smell you from here
1: see it's interesting though that you associate unkempt beard hair with uncleanliness
2: because that is only because I have personally experienced dudes who their unkempt beard hair has been uncleanly,
1: I just think it's interesting that in the context of this, I mean we all have like preconceived notions it's absolutely totally fine,
2: yeah, I'm not offended at all i really am I am really saying I'm curious if that's part of the professional aspect is. The potential of eliminating that. That's really where I was going in that professional vein.
1: Yeah. I will say that back hair for guys is still seen as pretty taboo, although it's not like, like, her armpit hair is for women. But, like, on the realm of acceptable man hair, back hair is, like, not on that board.
2: You know, I need everybody to know this. I have an ex who shall. Remain nameless, but just in case anybody knows me personally, he's the one I hate the fucking most. Shout out to that guy. Back hair and shoulder hair. And I'm not knocking anybody. Let's go back to I fucking hate this guy. And if I could hit any of my exes with a bus, it'd be this one. And every time I see the shoulder hair, I'm just like, what the fuck was wrong with me? (laughs) And that's how I feel about shoulder hair. (laughs) Wow.
1: And then on the pubic hair side, expectations for both sexes is looking pretty, pretty even keel, like grooming and maintaining is pretty much expected on both sides.
2: I think that that's an interesting thing, too, because kind of like I was alluding before, the fashion perspective of keeping both sides of that perspective groomed, right? Like the number of ways that you can take care of a pussy in relation to hair is fucking infinite you guys like i've seen fucking designs like i saw a butterfly once like that was really intense but anyway also for men like i recognize that men don't have to be just clean shaven either like men have different stages and varying perspectives i have never dated a man who has gotten manscaped to the perspective that i'm saying women can but they can they Mm -hmm. absolutely can so i think that that's actually really interesting that there are X ways this can be done and yet the go to is more often than not just none.
1: Yeah, agreed. Although really like props to anybody putting designs in their pubic hair at all on either side because once again, hey, nobody got time for that. Real. So that was actually all I had as far as actual research goes. Um I didn't really have anywhere to go with this because we discussed so many of my thoughts throughout the episode. Sure. But what I found really interesting is as time goes along, women with body hair is going to become more acceptable. And one of the things that I found within my research that I'll put in the show notes is a photographer who did a series of fucking stunning women Mm -hmm. with armpit or leg hair. And like previous doing this research, I don't body shame anybody, like It wouldn't have fazed me to see a woman with body hair like hair. I know women who do have body hair. But, like, going through and looking at these women taken in such an interesting and artistic light really truly fully desensitized me to it in a way that I really appreciate. And it really just clicked in my mind that the concept of shaming being related to masculinity or femininity is the stupidest thing
2: ever. Stupidest fucking thing ever.
1: Like, nobody should be shamed for any sort of hair on their body. It's your body. You do what you want. Don't don't worry about what society has to say. And honestly, if somebody is staring at your leg or your armpits or your back that closely, they're a fucking creep. Tell them to get the fuck away.
2: Real. I mean, unless it's my ex and then direct him in the direction of the nearest bus, please. Nice. <laughs> Actually, I have an interesting perspective, specifically, I have a friend who does not shave her armpits. I have several friends who do not shave their armpits, and shout out to each of those women if they're listening. Appreciate you always. Thank you for all of the things that you have taught me about my own body and confidence and all the things. Again, thank you. Um, But I remember specifically one time, a friend of one of my friends... Telling me that she gets actually like over sexualized and in a way fetishized, fetishized, fetishized because of her armpit hair. Mm -hmm. And she is poly and she is in an open relationship and she is also very sexually active and she loves all kinds of people, right? So she has somewhat of a reputation of being open to sexual encounters okay Mm -hmm. that's her preference that is just part of her lifestyle this isn't me throwing shade at all but those two thoughts put together she said is one of the worst decisions that she's ever made because people associate her armpit hair and her liberation of her body and her preference on being open into this weird little concoction of you're some sort of like crazy jungle sex freak or some shit and that she has body hair all over that they need to explore like these are things that people have said to her I don't think that that's a perspective that's portrayed that often as it relates to body hair either not even in a positive way it's still in my opinion in the way that she was describing it to me a negative it's just a negative in the completely other fucking direction
1: yeah I could see where people would think that because A woman has body hair and doesn't like conform to society's standards, that means that they're more open to whatever sexual provocations might be out there when those two don't have any correlation.
2: Not even remotely close. And I remember thinking that that was so weird when she told me that. Not that she told me. I appreciated hearing it. and, And it was an interesting perspective. And here we are a year later and I'm telling this story for the first time to anyone. But I do, I remember sitting there thinking, that's so fucking weird that somebody would make that correlation about you because of your armpit hair.
1: Mm -hmm. So all in all, what I really got out of this research is let people be people. Like shaving, not shaving, whatever. Just fucking let people be. Let's change the minds.
2: I think that that is a really important call out. And I really appreciate, honestly, throughout this whole conversation, Not only did we talk about how valid all the perspectives are, but also that there is no right perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the most important piece of this. Honestly, like you guys, I am literally sitting here telling you I fucking loathe body hair on myself. But if you want to have all your body hair, great. And guess what? We'll snuggle. So come here. Like I'll snuggle you. I don't even care about your body hair. That is never my fucking issue. I hate it on myself. Mm -hmm. And that's how I live my life. I think that we should all be that way. Obviously, that's what you're saying. But I really appreciate that we could even say that within this episode.
1: Yeah. And actually, I came across a quote while doing this research that I thought fit the weird societal expectation piece so well. So this was in an interview with Frank Zappa. The interviewer said, So Frank, you have long hair. Does that make you a woman? Zappa responded with, You have a wooden leg. Does that make you a table?
2: (laughs) Snaps. Snaps all around. Poetry snaps for days. I was so happy about that. I was so not ready for that to be the response, but fuck, yes, I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, and if that's not the perfect example of how stupid societal constructs around body hair is, like, yeah, that was about head hair, but seriously, it expands to so many concepts.
2: But I also think that, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to do an episode about head hair. I'm sure we probably will because there's a lot that we could get into with that. But I just want to say this because it's prevalent and it's right now. Actually, yesterday, Des and I were talking about her sons and how they always had really long hair. And she was showing me her middle son and his, he was five and his hair went down to his butt. And it was long, beautiful blonde hair with these little perfect soft curls and it was stunning and he looked like the most fucking badass little boy and it was so cool and she she showed me pictures of like his french braids and how fucking cool those looked and it was so honestly like empowering to see this little boy who i know and care about very much and who is just this like sweet little thing but also rough and tough To have long hair and just not giving a fuck and just being his self. And it was so cool. And I really think that that is because we're talking about hair in a taboo way. That's another thing that I really recognize. Just men can have long hair. Women can have no hair. Hair is hair is hair is hair. Is it important? Only if it's important to you.
1: Yep, Exactly. We all need to be more like Dez's son and not give a fuck about societal standards.
2: Exactly. That comes directly from Dez, but real. Cheers to Dez and Dan because they live fuck societal standards and it's beautiful.
1: So what did you learn here today?
2: I learned actually that I am not alone in hating my body hair, but also that I don't have to be hating my body hair. Uh and I think that this is honestly the first conversation that I've ever had about body hair that I have left it curious if I could overcome this thing that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not hating myself for it. I know it's I know it's natural. I'm not like, ooh, legs don't grow hair. I just loathe it, so I shave every day. I would love to maybe get to a point where it didn't affect me so and I learned that here today. So thank you for that opportunity to challenge my thought process.
1: Yeah, it might be a fun little experiment. Like give yeah, yourself it, it won't be. Don't say fun. Something. It, well, no,
2: <laughs> you're hurting me.
1: Just saying.
2: Do you know if I waited a week, we would need a weed whacker? You'd have to come over. You'd have to help. Wow.
1: <laughs> have you seen like all the injuries I get from shaving my legs alone? It's been, I don't know. Over 20 years of shaving, (laughs) and I still cut myself every time.
2: And I still can't figure that shit out. Nope. I always miss one spot, and it's never the same spot. Do you know how I know it's never the same spot? Because the next fucking day when I'm in there, I'm like, and we're cutting this six-inch strip that I missed, and then I get out of the shower, and then I do the lotion and I do my things and I'm on my way and then at some point in my day, like I said, I get fucking goosebumps and that six inch strip is back in a different fucking spot or maybe even the other leg and I'm like S- wash, rinse, repeat it's just, it's exhausting <laughs>
1: For me, that spot is part of my knee always. Oh I will my like, God. I get done and then I'll sit in the car and I'll be looking at my legs and I'll be like, well, I fucking missed that whole area on my knee. No idea how. It's an odd area to shave, but <laughs> goddamn."
2: Or Or behind the knee and then you finally get back there and you pull your razor up and there's like real hair, like long hair. And you're like, where did that come from? And you're like, oh, the back of my knee.
1: <laughs> oh dear God.
2: So terrible okay also though we have to we can't finish this conversation without talking about waxing
1: yeah i mean waxing is waxing
2: and that's us talking about waxing folks
1: (laughs) what more do you want to say people that want to wax any of you go to a professional make sure they know what the fuck they're doing it's not a painless process i mean it's not bad
2: once the hair is gone it's gone you want to know I have a waxing horror story. Can I share it with y'all? Yes. Okay, great. I need everyone to know that I am absolutely in no way making any racial comments at this exact second as I tell this story. However, every comment that is related to this story is important. Here we go. I went to a nail salon when I was 19 years old to get my eyebrows waxed. I had been doing this for a while. Everybody who just cringed, please don't hate me. So I did this and the man who waxed my eyebrows was of Asian descent of some sort, spoke very little English. Again, I've been here before. I'm not thinking anything of it. He waxes my eyebrows and I go to leave and I'm paying and the other man who is also there says, are you happy with your eyebrows? And I was like, I think so. I hadn't seen them. Mind you, there wasn't a mirror. I now know there wasn't a mirror, probably because of this reason. I got out to my car and I had little Hitler mustaches for eyebrows. (laughs) Wow. I had two little blocks of Hitler stashes. And I got home and my ex-boyfriend, I walked in the door and he goes, what the fuck? (laughs) It was a rough few weeks letting them grow out. I never let anybody touch my eyebrows after that. I do my own eyebrows and I'm really hella good at them. I just get lazy. But never again did anybody ever wax my eyebrows.
1: I had a similar experience when I got my eyebrows threaded Ooh. where I like ended up with nothing left and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to live with this for a while.
2: <laughs> Your eyebrows are almost invisible anyway, though. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying you draw them regardless.
1: Well, or I dye them.
2: Or dye them. Top secret. Top secret. That's true. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to air your dirty laundry. Mine are fake. Mine are tattooed. There.
1: I don't care if people know I that know. my eyebrows are dyed. <laughs> that's
2: real. That is real. I I really spend so much time on my eyebrows. I actually am just sitting here thinking I definitely need to pluck my eyebrows today. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna go do when we're done with this call. Wow. Amazing. You know what else I really actually enjoy though as a woman? I really enjoy dermaplaning. Like, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy my skin after it's done. I really enjoy how smooth my face is when it's done. And also, honest to God, like, there is a very real difference in the way that peach fuzz, which every fucking human being has, okay? I need everyone to know that. Women, You're not fucking above this. You have this too. Peach fuzz can change your face shape, right? Like, because it catches shadows or it doesn't catch shadows. And it can really Mm -hmm. change the structure of your face. And I really recognize the way that my face shape takes shape and peach fuzz. I have a much thinner face without peach fuzz on my face. So I dermaplane and I really fucking appreciate it.
1: Ah, Interesting. I've never done that. I will never do that.
2: I love no it. I love, I love it. I love
1: hearing about it though.
2: I love hearing about you though. Okay? Exactly. My best friend. <laughs> did you tell me what you learned here today?
1: I didn't. Uh I would say the most shocking part was hearing how far back shaving went.
2: Yeah. Ooh, and the marketing, the marketing being so fucked, that was the other huge thing that I learned here. That really actually did piss me off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew it was going to, but I couldn't have done this episode without it. <laughs>
2: Cause I fell for it. That's like that's why I'm so mad about it. <laughs> Cause I was like, yeah, smoothing. I would totally buy that shit. Okay, we also have to acknowledge though how fucking annoying it is when they sell women's razors that are in fact just a normal fucking razor, but they call it a woman's razor because it's pink.
1: Fuck mm-hmm, true.
2: everyone who does that shit.
1: Agreed. I mean, all that's so stupid.
2: So fucking stupid. Just like the people who make pens for women. Go fuck yourself, Larry.
1: Yeah, Larry, I've never seen your ads, but
2: go fuck yourself. (laughs) Pens for women. I'm serious. That's a thing. Go look.
1: I'm just going to not even give them ad traffic revenue.
2: I appreciate you really not giving them ad traffic revenue. Thank you.
1: I would love if you could please inform our listeners of all the things C and I have done so much talking this episode.
2: Navigate so hard. I would love to. Dear listeners, we would really appreciate if you would share our episode with somebody who you think might enjoy it. Otherwise, check out some of our other content. We have some really great topics that we would really appreciate for you to check out. Share with a friend if you love them. Please don't hesitate to head over to Apple Podcast to rate us. That is the way that, I don't know, we get the things, algorithms and shit, science, science, science. Please just help us. We are so grateful. We also have merch that you can check out, an RT public page, and a Patreon page that has some fantastic bonus content, including some amazing bloopers, um, and some other content that we talk about and then forget we made, and it's all out there. It's really great. You can find us on our socials at Taboo's the Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are just taboos on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email with a taboo topic suggestion or to apply for being a guest, you can send us an email at taboospodcast at com, and we also have a website, which is taboosthepod.com. Allie girl made it, and I webs it! How'd I do?
1: Beautiful. And our website will soon have a, like, guest submission form as well, where you can, like, sign up for calendar dates and stuff.
2: Amazing!
1: Yeah, you nailed it.
2: Thank you. It only took a year for my first successful outro.
1: <laughs> hey, at least we got there. Well, I guess on that note, dear listeners, do you be taboos?